Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to the 6th edition of the Hot Tag Podcast. Joining me now as always, my tag team partner, my partner in crime, and my real life brother, Eric. Eric, what's going on buddy? What's up man? Hey, apologies out of the gate, I am sick, but the show must go on, so forgive me for the voice, but other than that man, I'm doing good. Awesome man, hate to hear that uh, you're not feeling too well, but... We'll go ahead and get started. This is Rampage, the December 18th edition. Hey, hey. So we'll go ahead and we're going to start off with Sammy and Mox. So we uh, get right into it. Sammy jump starts the match. Loud chance, Sammy sucks. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, they just, and I mean, I agree, but I mean, just, they were, they were really loud and vocal. And of course, this is still the, uh, that heated crowd from Dynamite. So, of course, this show is oh, yeah. going to have a lot of electricity. So, uh, they cut to uh, Garcia watching on in the back as this match proceeds. We get a, um, you know, it, I thought it was a pretty good match. Um, I mean, it's Sammy and Mox. As much as everybody hates Sammy, he's a pillar. He was one of the originals. He can wrestle, and so can Mox. Um Sammy's a star. Now, now, despite his attitude with a lot of things that have happened, uh, Sammy is a star, and he really proves it in this match. There's a ton of good spots. To me, this match was a pay-per-view caliber match. If I would have paid money for this match, like, to see this, I would have not been disappointed at all. Yeah, I really wasn't upset with this one. Um, there was a cool spot. At one point, Sammy rolls in the ring and gets hit with a nasty cutter from Mox. Uh, yeah. apparently during the commercial break, Sammy tore out Mox's earring. Um, and I just, yeah, he, if you watch it in picture in picture, cause I actually watched this live, Sammy pulls it out and he takes the earring out of his mouth and throws it into the crowd. It was Ugh. crazy. Man, when he leans over and he bites Mox, he, uh, I just, <laughs> I literally just wrote unsanitary. Oh, I know. Blood <laughs> is everywhere. It's all in people's mouths. It's all over them. Well, man, it's it was bloody. so gross because he bit Mox's ear, and then he goes out and kisses tie, and it like Ugh. so basically they're like sharing Mox's blood, and it's really gross. <laughs> it is gross. Yeah, um, very gross. So then uh, Mox hits a curb stomp. I thought that was a pretty cool homage to former Shield member Seth Rollins. Of course, that's his finisher. Um, looked really good too. It looked great. Uh, Sammy hits Mox with a swanton through the table on the outside. Through the table? God, that was pretty. Yeah, it was. And, and see, man, that's another thing. Hate or love Sammy, his swantons and his aerial stuff is beautiful. I mean, it's just perfect. It is. Um, Sammy hits a death rider on Mox, and then uh, Mox gets back up and gets the bulldog choke and wins by ref stoppage. Well, so the finish to this match was absolutely incredible it's a spanish fly spot sammy does the spanish fly to moxley off the top which is a signature sammy move and mox rolls through it to put on the bulldog choke to make sammy pass out from being choked it's a great finish to this match um i thought that this match was incredible and easily the best thing on the show yeah man i mean this match i, I had no qualms with it dude this this top to bottom was a great match and like you said earlier, I wouldn't have been mad if I paid for this. Absolutely. So afterwards, Mox goes uh, to the camera. I don't know if you saw this part, but he says... I did. And, and he says, see that? Who's the best in the world? 
That's a shot directly <laughs> at CM Punk, who deserves it. And, yep. man, that, I mean, I, I can't argue, dude. I, I love Mox, and I've always loved Mox. I think he was a great champion, and uh, it was it's just awesome to see that he knows it. So, yes, uh, I completely agree. So he calls out Hangman, says, Hangman, I told you where I'd be. I ain't got all night. And uh, Hangman's music hits. Uno tries to stop him from going out, of course, because as Excalibur says, Hangman's not cleared. So, you know, but Hangman goes out there anyways. He buckshots a staff member, which looked brutal. He buckshots a goon. That <laughs> yeah. was great. And, uh, of course, they fight into the crowd before they get separated. Yep. So uh, up next we got Soraya. Um, you know, thankfully I'm covering this. Soraya's <laughs> uh, promo uh, says, you know, haters got a match against Sheeta next Wednesday on Dynamite for the Regina Day Wave. Says she'll be watching. Uh, goes on to say uh, that she's coming for Britt. Says Britt gave me a, a ticket for the January 11th show, and I'll be there. And me and my partner, who I have. A plethora of people to pick from will be there, and we're coming for Brit. Oh, boy. Yeah. And so up next, we got FTR in the ring. Uh, Dex says that, or I guess Cash is the one who really says that Dex broke his tailbone, which to Dex aptly flashes the crowd. Thankfully, it was blurred out. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was weird. Uh, says they feel bad, says they let everybody down. Uh, they were disappointed in themselves, but said that they're determined to not let the gun club stop their legacy, which I felt like this was going to be a throw to the gun club coming out. Me too. But I guess they didn't have time on the show because it, I mean, to be honest, there was a, a decent bit of stuff packed into this and a little bit. Yeah. You know, it was okay. Uh, so they, they, they got a match set for, for Wednesday night on dynamite against the gun club. Um, yeah, you said it all there. And then up next, Jade Cargill's, which I know, I understand why you get her on the show. She is the TBS champion. This is TBS and, you know, get her on there. But she just says, Velvet, why were you looking so salty after our match last week or something like that? And then one of her, one of her goons just like says, Oh, let me fix your hair. Like calm her down, I guess. So, yeah, this really didn't go anywhere, but I, I think it's nice that they're addressing that storyline of, of velvet looking salty about everything. Um, I just wish it would have went somewhere because yeah, you're right. It really just didn't do anything either way other than tell us, Hey, we're paying attention yeah. to the story. Yeah. And I mean, I'm glad they addressed the bow wow thing, but that kind of just like popped up and fell flat. I mean, they didn't do anything else with that. So I don't know. It <laughs> came and went. Yeah. <clears throat> up next we had um Britt baker versus sky blue um sky didn't even get an entrance which i thought was pretty disrespectful if we're trying to push sky blue as a talent we really should have given her an entrance and i understand that you know in these it's rampage we only have so much time we know who's gonna win that kind of thing um pretty decent match uh they started out with some good mat wrestling going back and forth I think Sky Blue just needs some work, and she'll she'll get better over time. Um, but a decent match overall. Britt eventually curb stomps her, wins. Um, after the match, she puts the lockjaw on, and Sheeta's music hits to come out for the save. Now, Sheeta, when she does these run-ins, she's always got this red suit. 
And it looks so good on her in the sense of like, it's just a good look for her. Uh, my wife mentioned that it makes her look like she's in the Yakuza, which is like the Japanese mafia. Yeah. And she comes out with this kendo. She smacks Rebel, which was good. Uh, she gets Brit with a good hit. And then her and Jamie do the stare down. I thought it was a good little build, decent little match and a good little build to the match on Wednesday. Yeah, I thought it was good. I think it's cool because, you know, when a lot of guys run out, you know, sometimes depending on their gimmick, they'll be in like a black suit or Andrade in a white suit. It's kind of cool that Sheeta has a specific red suit that kind of sets her apart, but also gives her that same like, I'm here to take care of business type feel. Yeah, yeah, it, and like I said, it just it just suits her. It's a good ha, huh? no pun intended. <laughs> um, then we cut to an interview with Preston Vance. Uh, it's Jr. with Preston, which I've kind of missed Jr.'s interview segments yeah. because say what you want to about Jr. and he he really is you know poor guy's getting old and 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 losing it a little bit. But these backstage segments of his have always been good. They've always meant something. They have. And so Preston does a good job of building heat against little Brody. I mean, I was telling my wife, I was like, they had to have really, he had to have sat down with little Brody and Manda, his mom, and said, look, if you guys don't want me to say this stuff, that's cool. Uh, I just wanted to make sure we're cleared with this because he says some pretty harsh things. Well, I mean, he says his boss isn't a 10-year-old kid. Says Dark Order isn't on him and the LFI's level, and says Negative One's a spoiled brat and tells him to grow up. Yeah. So I mean, I mean that was I mean I was kind of like wow that's a little you know but of course like you said I'm I'm sure that everything was okay because he's been he was great through all that and it seemed like yes. he was really there for Amanda and their family and the Huber family. Um, yes. and so I, I think that that was probably cleared by them. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and if I, if I could imagine anything else, like little Brody has to really be eating this stuff up to be involved in a storyline like this too. Yeah. Um, uh, 10 years old. I would have killed yeah, for that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, who, who wouldn't have loved to be involved in this stuff? So it's a good segment though. Yeah. Um, so we cut to Wardlow up next. He's going against local talent Exodus Prime. And, oh, man. I mean, there wasn't nothing to this match. Of course, JR alludes to the fact that, oh, we've seen a breakout star lately. Uh, but, I mean, there just wasn't anything to this match other than Wardlow murdering this man. But, I mean, I will I like, say. I like the way Exodus Prime sells the power bombs. Yeah. It reminds me of HBK. Yeah, I was just about to say, his, his selling is very HBK-esque. And he just looks like he was, I mean, he looked like he was getting murdered, and it was great. Yeah, um, it was. So he beats him, uh, hits him with the four powerbomb symphony. He gets the pin, of course. Wardlow wins. It's Wardlow's world. Let me just say this. I think Wardlow is is is, is falling down. I, I think that little Warjo thing killed his momentum completely. And I think uh, this comes back to some of my gripes with Tony Khan's booking. Um, is that Wardlow's star is falling. And and I think the whole War Joe thing is to blame for it. But anyway. Yeah. Um, he calls out Joe. Joe comes on his flustered self, screaming and spitting and sweating all over the place. Um, he gives him the king's terms, as he calls it, because he's the king of television, remember? 
Um, he says, says probably this is the corniest Joe promo I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, man, I, I didn't know that Joe was such a kings and queens mark because this dude <laughs> he brought out every terminology that you could think of. I mean, I, I, he must have done some studying or something beforehand, or he just loves Game of Thrones because, man, this guy he he said it all. <laughs> um, but to give you the facts. He goes ahead and says, all right, you can have a title shot on December 28th, which I think is their uh, New Year's Eve thing. Uh, it is. Edition. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a good fired up promo, but at the same time, it's like, man, you got to kill some of the corniness. I mean, that, that that seemed like a good bit of WWE stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. This felt very corny and just cheesy. Everything to do with Wardlow is so weird right now. And, and and this is just, I've seen Samoa Joe cut promos. I've seen him do really good promos. And this just does not fit that at all. I didn't think it was on par with Joe's other promos. I mean, especially the one, uh, I don't know if you saw this, it was on WWE television a couple years ago, where he comes down to the ring. And I mean, he just basically cuts a promo on Randy Orton, who's standing in the ring, AJ Styles, Cuts a promo on Jeff. I mean, he just eats everybody alive. He's just Savage Joe. Um, but this stuff is just, it's not close to that, and it's too corny for me. Yeah, it's cheesy. So up next, we- go ahead. Oh, that's okay. Um, so we do the whole, it's time for the main event segment. Um, had uh, one of the funniest lines, uh, Butcher remarks. So, so Trent Seven opens it up. Kip Sabian interrupts him, and then Butcher remarks that he's been waiting for for someone to call the number one eight hundred see ya for a long time. <laughs> yeah, and uh, uh, you know it's funny. And then Blade says uh, he's gonna gut him. We're gonna slice him up and gut him. And then Mark Henry's just not gonna let the team talk and the other side talk. And Dustin's like, "Whoa, do we get to say something?" And Chuck says, "One eight hundred C is not enough numbers." for a real phone number. And then Trent says, yeah, there's letters in there too. That popped me pretty hard. Man, that Um, cracked me up. (laughs) Fun little comedy segment. Um, Because up next is the main event of Rampage. It's uh, Best Friends and Dustin Rhodes versus Butcher Blade, Trent Seven, and Kip. Uh, This match is the definition of entertainment with no substance. Yep. Um, The... uh, the the start of the match starts with some funny stuff with Trent Beretta calling out Trent Seven, and every time they chop each other, I believe Trent is shouting Beretta is shouting Trent with each chop. Yeah, I thought that too. I wasn't too too sure, but it did sound like he kept saying Trent, Trent yeah, every time he hit a did. chop. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a funny spot. Um, Man, I wanted to. Blows. I wanted to point out, um, aside from Trent Seven. I would love to see Kip and Butcher and Blade do some kind of thing because I feel like their gear kind of matches, and I feel like I could see that as as Kip like the the kind of weaselly heel having Butcher and Blade as like his goons. That you know, I agree. I think yeah. that would look really cool. And I thought Dustin looked really good when he come out, hit the pose. I thought Dustin looked great here. Yeah, yeah, this was a good outing for for Dustin. Um, these matches really don't care they always devolve into who cares who's legal let's just do spots and and that's what i mean by entertainment with no substance uh there's a lot of good spots here uh i'm I'm not going to be a pervert but 
Penelope and Bunny look amazing, and they come out and they get involved. There's a funny spot where um, Bunny gets in the ring, Orange grabs his crotch and hits the and and takes a bump as if she low blowed him. Bryce turns around and is like, "What happened?" And then Penelope's coming in, and Danhausen jumps in, pretends like he's gonna curse her, but then falls to the ground like he's been kicked too. Um, funny spot, and uh, the ref throws him out. The crowd pops really hard when he throws him out. Um, as a funny, as a funny bit, uh, there was a bit where everybody runs into a power slam by you know Dustin. Yeah, it was it was pretty funny. It was. I mean, it was. It was a comedy match, match for me. It was. It was fun. Yeah, it was fun. It's not something that really should eat up airtime, and it wasn't really a main event. But I think to end on just a fun note. I mean, I guess there's something to be said for that. It's just not really my cup of tea. Well, I, I thought. I thought it was cool how like after they they after Bunny and Penelope get ejected, and they were pretending to get the low blow. Kip does like this Street Fighter esque low blow to Danhausen anyways to really get him. Oh one. yeah. And then yeah. it was uh it was cool when Trent Seven had Trent Beretta on the top rope and he did this like flip into a sidewalk slam, which Mid-air was air reversal. Yeah, was which nuts. was crazy looking. I thought that was awesome. I've never seen that before. Yeah. Um so that was really cool to see. Just some good spots in here. Just some good overall back and forth. And they let Dustin pin Trent Seven, which puts Dustin over. And maybe Trent Seven's not sticking around, so it doesn't hurt any of your talent. And the show goes off with, you know, the baby faces having a great victory. Um, this is one of those Rampages where you understand why Rampage gets a lot of crap. Yep. This is one of those where... Um, I think the booking decisions, which there was a good, a decent bit of talent seen on this show, but not necessarily a decent bit of talent, um, competing on the show. And so, and I think honestly, if they would have swapped, uh, that first match with Moxley and Sammy with the eight man tag, it would have flowed a lot better. Yeah, I agree. I, I think they just wanted to end it on a very fun note which is what they managed to accomplish here. Yeah, that's all um, they accomplished. Yeah, and so that ends Rampage. Um, all right, Chase, it's time for the segment. I hope you got something for it because I'm setting it up. News you can use. Yes, and ladies and gentlemen, news. this is news you can use. And unfortunately, I have one, uh, and that's going to be all for today. But uh, recently... Vince McMahon says that he is going to return to WWE. Oh, no. And so, basically, he he thinks that he got bad advice after being told to step down from his position. And he basically thinks that the whole lawsuit is just going to blow over. <laughs> so, and uh. according to reports backstage, nobody wants him back. Everybody says, of course, everybody throughout the wrestling universe um veterans and talent alike say that it would be the worst thing that's happened to wwe in a long time and everybody suspects that basically he's just going to undo everything trips did and uh but it seems kind of inevitable that the big boss is going to come back which would be great for AEW, but (laughs) probably not wwe 
I, you know, Vince McMahon, he's so old now. Uh, I, I think the only way you're going to keep him out of the WWE is if he passes away. Um, and obviously, I'm not wishing that on anybody. But no. the, the, the thing is, is, is like, I don't know how I heard this story, too. And I just don't know how reasonable it would be for him to come back at all. Um, it just doesn't make with s- no one with no one wanting it. Why would they do it? It just doesn't make sense to me. I mean, I understand that he's the main stockholder, so I mean, I guess you really can't stop him. I guess not. Yeah. I don't know. So I, I have a little news you can use story here. Okay. Um, so we had discussed on last episode about Action Andretti and Jericho and how we thought it was an audible yeah. called in the ring. Well, yeah. so as it turns out, that's not the case. Oh. Jericho saw Andretti wrestle on a dark match one time just through the monitor backstage and told the people backstage at the time of that match that he was going to make that kid a star, that he believed that kid had it, and he was going to make that kid a star. So the whole match was planned for Andretti to beat him. Wow. Okay. And it was Jericho's idea. Well, that's that's typical Jericho. He loves to get people over, and that's it's awesome to see him making a new star because a lot of people, they love to argue that in AEW, we don't get any homegrown talent. It's just a bunch of ex-WWE guys, but, I mean, this proves the opposite. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you're right. It is very typical Jericho to see somebody he likes and says, that kid's going to beat me. Um, and so, yeah, that was all apparently planned from the start. So good on Jericho, good on AEW for allowing this to be a thing. Um, and yeah, so that was the only other news story I had. Um, final thoughts, Mr. Chase. Um, I mean, it was an okay episode of Rampage. Uh, as you said earlier, I think it is why they catch flack because of episodes like this. There was nothing noteworthy really that I, that I could see. And I just feel like nothing in this episode has any effect other than the Wardlow and Joe stuff going forward. And even then it's stuff you could miss. Cause even Moxley and hangman brawling, it's like, we've seen that three times now. Yeah. Like and I, we could really miss that. And I thought, you know, that's good because I'm glad that they are taking the time to build that story. I think that's going to be an awesome match when we inevitably get to it. Yeah. Me uh, too. But you know, I mean, it's just not, it doesn't do much. Yeah, um, this episode is lackluster with the exception of that Moxley-Sammy match. If you just watch it and you watch that match, then you've really watched what you needed to see. Uh, I did want to talk real quick about the fact that they teased the next chapter of the Book of Hobbs being on Dynamite Wednesday. Yes. Me personally, very excited for that. Uh, as, as you know, if you've listened to this show, I'm a huge fan of the Hobbs segments. Uh, they just make me think old school wrestling and we need more of that. We really need more of that. So, but yeah, no, so that's my thoughts. Uh, Hey guys, I was super sick for this episode. Um, hopefully my voice didn't annoy you too much. Um, but if you like what we do here and you want to see this continue, we're not going anywhere and we just hope you subscribe, give us five stars, you know, listen to us wherever you can listen to us and we appreciate the support. That's right, and please keep up with all the other wrestling news and anything about our show over at Two Sweet News on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Cool, and as always, see you on the next one. Two Sweet Boys, out!